We, uh, we are uh, in uh, our summer series um, on the Psalms, which is called Say It to God. And um, I'm delighted that we have a new voice coming to speak to us this morning. You may know um, Martiana, who is our operations manager. She's also an amazing speaker. So God has blessed us doubly and continues to bless us in lots of ways. So we're going to hear from Martiana, who's going to be speaking on Psalm 27 in a little while. But before that, Debbie is going to come and read to us. Thank you so much, Debbie. Okay, so in your church Bibles, um, Psalm 27 is on page 557. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy and I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I will remain confident of this. I will see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, as Tom introduced me, I'm Martiana Goddard. I'm the operations manager here at LPC. For those of you who are new, I'd like to extend a special warm welcome. I have been part of this church for six weeks now, along with my husband, Michael, who led worship this morning. And um, it's an exciting time for us. Um, but it can also be fearful. 
uh, stepping into something new for the first time can also be fearful. So I want to extend a special warm welcome if you're here for the first time, because today we are going to talk about fear. We all have fears, but first, let's take a moment before we talk about these fears and we just dedicate the word to God this morning. Father God, thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the word that you have given us this morning. I just pray that we will come with our hearts and minds open to receive your word and come be in this place right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So to start, I would like to ask you all a question. What fears are you carrying with you this morning? So when you walk through the church doors, what fears did you bring with you? We all have fears. There's not a person in this room that can say they are without fear. So what fears are you carrying with you? Is it health fears? Financial uncertainty? Is it loneliness? We all have these fears. We all experience things that unsettle our hearts and our minds, that impact our lives, things that can consume our thoughts. And sometimes these fearful things can send us to some really dark places where we can feel completely alone and that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Before anything else, I'd like to share some of my fears with you. Is there anyone in this room who is scared of spiders? Oh, we've got, oh, okay, I'm not alone. Great, okay, so don't look at the screen right now. So, <laughs> this is a beautiful rain spider, commonly known to the area of the Western Cape in the region of South Africa where I grew up. Now, yes, they are extremely large, but they like to come into your house and make themselves cozy. And I've had a fear of spiders my entire life. Now, I've never ever had a positive encounter with a spider. Has anyone ever had a positive encounter? Good for you, okay? I've never had a good experience with a spider. So what happens, most of my encounters with this particular spider would be in the shower, okay? When I'm reaching for my shampoo bottle to wash my hair, or when I get into the shower and it's sitting in a corner looking at me while I'm about to start my shower, or just as I've wrapped my towel around me and it's crawling up my towel. Most of the time, this results in screaming and running. It is not a pleasant experience. My husband will tell you, even in this country, if there is a spider in the room, he has to remove it. I cannot sleep if there's a spider in the room. It has to be out of sight, possibly <clears throat> killed, but I cannot have sight of it. I will not sleep. When it's gone, then I have peace. So in this passage, we read, David has a confidence like he has no fear. And I would really like to have that confidence, especially when it comes to spiders. So. When reading this passage, I ask myself, where does this confidence come from? Obviously, his confidence comes from God. Very simple answer. But this led me to another question. How can we trust God? David, in this passage, has an unwavering trust in God. So how can we trust God the way that David does? 
And his life is a very good example of someone facing significant fear, but never wavering that God will show up. We know through studying scripture that David faced the giant Goliath. He killed a lion and a bear, and then he fled from King Saul, who wanted to kill him. And I think that that made him pretty fearful and could have sent him to some really dark places. But he trusts God so much. So let's look at this passage. The first thing I learned from this passage for today was we must trust who God is. So let's look at how David did this. In verse one, David doesn't start off with his fear. He doesn't say, Lord, I'm scared, where are you? No, David says, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So the first thing that David does is he declares who God is. So from a place of fear, he declares that God is his light and God is his salvation. So let's look more closely at the light. He would only describe God as his light if he was in some very dark places at some point in his life and ask God to be his life in that his light in that time of darkness. How does it feel when you're scared? I know when I'm scared sometimes it feels like I'm in a dark place and like David we need to trust who God is. We need to declare light over that darkness. In John 8 verse 12, it says this, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus's life brings light to everyone. And the darkness cannot extinguish this light because it's eternal, it is forever. When we follow Jesus, the true light, we can avoid walking blindly through the spiritual darkness that sin brings into our lives. Jesus lights the path ahead of us, illuminating the truth, and he clarifies our thoughts so we can see how we need to live. He removes the darkness of sin from our lives. And trusting again, David says, the Lord is my salvation. Why would David feel the need to say that the Lord is his salvation? I believe that he said this because as humans, we innately fear death, right? Am I right? We fear death. For most of his young adult life, David was running from King Saul. He was fleeing. So death was literally at his doorstep and he was running away from death. In Romans 6 verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. David knew this. He knew that the wages of sin was death, but this did not consume him because he knew that God was his salvation, the way to eternal life, and he accepted this salvation. And therefore, he didn't even fear death. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. When we trust Christ, 
we make a wonderful exchange. He takes all of our sin upon himself and he makes us right with God. He bore the punishment for our sins on our behalf. God poured out all our sin on Christ at his crucifixion and poured out all of Christ's righteousness onto us at our conversion. God offers to trade his righteousness for us, something of immeasurable worth, eternal life, for something that is completely destructive, sin. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 16 years old, and my parents were getting divorced at the time, and it was a horrible and difficult time for our family. And I found myself in a place where I had to make a choice between salvation and light or destruction and sin. And I chose salvation and light because I was already living the destruction of sin, not of my own, but that of my parents. So it was definitely the best decision that I made for my life. So just like for me in that dark time and for David during his dark time, Jesus will be your light because he is also your salvation. And that light is in you when you give your life to the Lord. So you can trust who God is and declare it when you find yourself in that place of darkness. God is your light and your salvation. So can we trust God at his word, this word that we read? Yes, absolutely. David did and so do I. The other great thing that David does in this passage is he focuses on God. When we are fearful, and I'm probably mostly talking about myself in this situation, but sometimes when I find myself in a fearful situation, I look at everything around me first. I look at how can my husband help me? How can my friends help me? How can Google help me? Yeah, anyone experience that? I do that all the time. And I need to get to that place where I can turn to God for answers, to God for guidance, to God for help. And it's a working process and we're not always going to get it right. But in this passage, David doesn't do that. He immediately turns his focus to God. In verse four, he says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to see him in his temple. So you can see I've highlighted the key words there for you. So David asks the Lord, then he seeks the Lord, then he takes time to dwell with the Lord, and then he takes time to gaze upon the Lord, and then he goes back to seeking the Lord. Everything is focused on God to build a relationship with God where he ultimately trusts him with everything. In this passage and from all the scriptures, it is evident that David spent a lot of time with God. So I want to ask you all this morning, how much time do you spend with God? Is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it only in times of trouble that you spend time with God? And when you spend time with God, where is your focus? Are you focused on yourself or are you focused on God? Those are some really difficult questions. Two weeks ago, 
Will encouraged us to dwell in the presence of God so that we can build intimacy with God. Trust requires intimacy. You're not just going to trust the person you spend the least amount of time with, am I right? I wouldn't do that. I don't know about you, but the more time that I spend with God, the more I trust Him, the more I want to seek Him, the more I want to spend time with Him. I try to include God in my everyday. I start the day with a prayer. Sometimes it would be a message on my Bible app that I'm currently going through at the moment. Sometimes it's a podcast, or sometimes it's just a little bit of worship music. And sometimes I would take a break during the day, and I would either sit or go for a walk and make sure that I'm connecting with God. But I'm always intentional about making sure I am connecting with God. I don't always get it right. And none of us will always get it right. But as long as we keep being intentional, we are making that connection with God. Matthew 6 verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. To seek the kingdom of God above all else and to live righteously means to put God first in your life, to fill your thoughts with his desires, to use his character as your life's pattern, and to keep on implementing his kingdom values here on earth. What is important to you? People, objects, goals, and all sorts of other desires can easily take priority in our lives. They can easily take first place above God. Worrying about daily needs can leave us feeling empty, but maintaining a good relationship with God will help us to focus our efforts more on Him. So now that we can trust who God is and secondly, focus on God, the third thing today is to trust in God's promises. In this passage, David speaks out of a heart of promise, promises that were fulfilled by God. David wouldn't say any of these things if he didn't believe that any of it was true. And again, his whole life is an example where God made promises to him and all of them were fulfilled. There are two, uh, there are various parts in this passage, but there are two uh, things that I've highlighted. So I look at the first two parts of the passage, verse four, verse two to five, and it says this. It is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. And there's a confidence in this line that this will happen. A confidence that his enemies will stumble and fall. David had God on his side. But most importantly, he followed God's plan when it came to facing his enemies. So he knew that with God on his side, the enemies will fail. In verse three, he says, my heart will not fear, I will be confident. This confidence is not manufactured, it's not man-made. That confidence comes from God. When I was in high school, I was a dancer. Some of you might not believe that, but yes, I was a dancer. And my dance teacher used to tell me all the time, she used to say, Martiana, you're doing such a great job, I can see you working hard, but you need more confidence. So one year, she entered us all into a competition where we all had to do solos. 
And those words, they just repeated in my head, you need more confidence. And I didn't know how to get it. So what did I do? I went to my youth pastor and I told her. And weeks before the competition, we prayed. And on the day of the competition, we also prayed. Do you know what? That day, I came third in my solo. (laughs) Thank you, Sue. But I knew that that confidence that helped me step out onto that stage, that was not mine. That was a confidence that through prayer, Jesus had put in me and helped me through my, my routine. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I would never have done it otherwise. In verse five, he says, he will keep me safe, he will hide me. Again, David says this with confidence because that is exactly what God did for him. He kept him safe when he faced the giant Goliath. He kept him safe and protected him when he killed the lion and the bear. But most importantly, he hid him from King Saul when the king was out to kill him. Romans 15 verse four says this, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. This is the New Living Translation. I love this translation. The knowledge of scriptures affects our attitudes towards the present and the future. The more we know about what God did in the past, the more we are going to trust Him with what lies ahead. We should read our Bibles diligently to increase our trust that God's will is the best for us. God didn't just make these promises for David. God promises to help you face your enemies however they present themselves in your life. God promises to give you confidence to help you move forward. God promises to protect and keep you safe. So when you pray, trust who God is and declare it as you pray. Focus on God when you pray. Ask Him, seek Him, gaze on Him, seek Him again. God promises to make your enemies fall. And God promises to give you the confidence you need to go forward. And God promises to keep you safe. God promised that he would send us a Messiah that would take our place. Jesus is your light and your salvation. When you focus on him, you can believe his promises. Our Bibles contain over 3,000 promises, for those of you who didn't know. So if nothing about today was interesting, know that there are 3,000 promises in the Bible that you can go read about. Promises and covenants that were realized, promises that you can take hold of as you search the Word of God. And as you pray these promises over your life, you will see how God responds to your faith and fulfills these promises beyond measure. So my invitation to you is to trust God is, trust that Jesus died for you and to trust that there is hope when you face fear and darkness. Amen.